0: Bible Baptist Church, located at 2015 Beulah Road in Madisonville, Kentucky, would like to invite you to listen to a message of the sovereign grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ by their pastor, David Edmondson.
1: Romans chapter 9, verse 15 For he, God, saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, we must conclude, It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. If it is God that has mercy on whom he will, and if it is God who shows compassion on whom he will, then salvation cannot be of man's will, it cannot be of man's work, it can only be by the mercy of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse 17 of Romans 9, For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt then say to me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Now, this is why folks have a problem with this great truth. They don't think that it's right. They don't think that it's lawful for God to do what he will with his own. The Lord said that. He said, Is it not lawful? Is it not right for me to do with what belongs to me? Uh, Folks' argument. On this, if if God is sovereign, then and if none can resist His will, then how and why doth He yet find fault? In these verses, does Paul find a need to defend God? Does God find a need to defend Himself? Absolutely not. Verse twenty: Nay, but O man, who art thou? Who are you that repliest against God? Now listen carefully. Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it? Why hast thou made me thus? Why have you made me this way? And then God, through the Apostle Paul, gives us the very reason why man does not have the right to argue about God's power and right to do what he wills. So let's again go down to the potter's house. We start with a very important question. Hath not the potter power over the clay? The entirety of God's word says that he does. After all, what is clay? The English Dictionary defines clay as stiff, sticky, fine-grained earth. How suitable a picture that is of you and I. We're stiff, we're unbendable, unchanging in our ways. We're sticky, everything we touch we leave our sinful mark upon, and everything we touch we endeavor to keep for ourselves. Sticky. You know, when clay is wet, given the water of life, It can be molded, formed, and fashioned. But when dry, without Christ the fountain, and tried with fire, we are hardened and good for nothing. And the question is, hath not the potter power? Whatever God, as the divine potter purposes to do, comes to pass. And not only that, but every purpose of the Lord is done in wisdom. Now, many men on earth today have authority, but they do unwise things. God's authority is always consistent with wisdom. The question is asked from the scripture, Shall not the judge of the earth do right? Friends, he does all things well. He cannot do wrong. The Lord not only does with his own what he wills, the Lord does with his own what is best. He does that which best serves his glory, that which is good for his people. Yes, the potter has the power over the clay. And again, verse 21, the divine and sovereign potter can of the same lump make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. Now here in Romans chapter nine, we see a twofold purpose of God. First, his purpose is to show his power. And secondly, that his name might be declared. And that word means glorified. Again, verse 17, this is why God raised Pharaoh up. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. There's the two things right there. Now, verse 22, what if God, Willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared under glory. And there we have the second thing, God making his glory to be known. How does he do so? By bestowing the riches of His glory on vessels of mercy which He had afore prepared unto glory. Now, God could have left me to myself. He would have been no less holy, righteous or just. He would have been no less God if He had. And that's what I deserved. Anything, anything short of eternal wrath, judgment, And eternal condemnation is the result of God's long-suffering to vessels of mercy. Why I could and should have been a vessel of mercy. That's exactly what I deserved. Why didn't I get what I deserved? Because God gave me what I didn't deserve. He had mercy. Glory to God. That's what a vessel of mercy is. Now, let's make a few observations about these vessels of mercy. First, vessels of mercy are made out of the same lump as the vessels of wrath. You look back to the hole from which you and I were dug. Look back to the miry clay from which we were made. There lies nothing in us that differs from another. There's nothing in you or I that merited mercy. Believers are miracles of God's love and distinguishing grace, nothing more. If God had left us to ourselves, if God had left us Christless, we would have been eternally damned. Why, we all are from the loins of Adam. We all share the same mother as Cain, the murderer. It is said that Demas forsook the Lord Jesus, and Judas, who betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver, they all had the same first parents that we did, Adam and Eve. We are all from the same lump. Secondly, from our text, we see that these vessels of mercy are entirely in the potter's hands. Had the potter willed to leave the lump of clay alone and untouched by his gracious hand, it would have been a vessel of wrath. There's no power in the lump of clay itself that could have made itself fit for honor, only dishonor. And clay vessels, apart from the divine potter, fit themselves for destruction. You see, only grace can prepare a soul for glory. No vessel of clay will be saved apart from the distinguishing grace of the divine potter and his work upon the wheel. The salvation of every vessel of clay is in the hands of the potter, God himself, and we all lie in God's hands. And if any be saved, any, any man or woman be saved, it'll be by mercy, pure mercy, sovereign mercy. Then thirdly, our text speaks of God's chosen ones being vessels. Now, a vessel is nothing but a receiver. A vessel is not a fountain. A vessel is not a creator of water. A vessel can only hold what is put or poured into it. A vessel can't pour into itself. At one time, these vessels of mercy were full of themselves, but grace God's grace emptied them. God made them empty vessels, and then he filled them to the brim, and he filled them with mercy, and they became vessels of mercy. And the amazing thing is, is that God had to give them the power to receive this mercy. When did they receive it? The scripture says, in the day of his, God's power we can only work out what God has worked in us, and we're only receivers. Only that which is poured into a vessel can be poured out of it. And we come to God singing, nothing in our hand we bring simply to Christ's cross we cling. Fourthly, this is why we are vessels of mercy. The sovereign potter made us so. He formed us and he fashioned us to be vessels of honor. Only he could. The only qualification to be a vessel of mercy is need. In order to be clothed, we have to be naked and in need of a covering. In order to be made completely clean, we must see that we are entirely filthy and in need of cleansing. And only Christ's perfect righteousness can clothe us. Only Christ's precious blood can cleanse us. Saved sinners are not vessels of merit, but vessels of mercy. Sinful men and women are in need of a perfect covering of righteousness. Filthy wretches are in need of the cleansing of the blood of Christ. Now, the question is, do you have need of clothing? Do you have need of righteousness? Do you have need of washing, of cleansing? If your answer is an overwhelming yes, then you are a vessel of mercy. We must be filled with misery before we can ever be filled with mercy. And we've looked at the vessel here, so let's just quickly consider the potter in his work. When the potter places the clay upon the wheel to turn into fashion, he does not leave to chance what the vessel becomes. The potter has a purpose in mind. He knows what kind of vessel that he's about to make. So does the divine potter as a mass of clay he takes the poor sinner and he puts them on the wheel and as it re- revolves he sees something that he desires to fashion and make there's something that only appears to the great creator's eyes you know john wrote this it doth not yet appear what we shall be what we shall be we will ne- will never appear unto us until we see christ as he is and we shall be like him He will not leave one sin. God will not leave one sin of his people unpardoned. Only the potter can complete these vessels of mercy. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10. For in him, Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Friends, Christ is the divine potter, and it's in him that we are made vessels of mercy. The only hope that you and I have of ever being saved, having our sin put away, and being in heaven forever is found in Jesus Christ. Being in Christ is being a vessel of mercy. Are you a vessel of mercy? If you see Christ as your only hope of salvation, then you are most certainly a vessel of mercy.
0: You have been listening to a message by David Edmondson, the pastor of Bible Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. If you would like a copy of this message or to hear other messages of God's free, sovereign grace in Christ, you can write to our mailing address at P.O. Box 652, Madisonville, Kentucky, 42431. Or log on to our website at freegraceradio.com. If you would like to come and worship with us, we meet at 2015 Beulah Road, Madisonville, Kentucky. And our service times are Sunday morning Bible study at 10 o'clock a.m., worship services begin at 11 o'clock a.m., Wednesday evening services at 7 o'clock p.m. Please tune in again next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. for another message of God's free and sovereign grace in the Lord Jesus Christ.